You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. It's April 2nd, 2021. Uh, I waited to record the show because I didn't know what was going to happen with the Nationals and Mets series, but we just got the word that it's been postponed this weekend. We'll discuss that. And then I'll play some of my Locker Room conversation with uh, Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets yesterday. He and I just had a fun Locker Room, I guess, to kind of lament the fact the season had been pushed back for our uh, respective teams and just kind of talk about some other stuff too. So we'll play that for you guys in the absence of actual games to talk about. But first, we'll hit on some of the news. All right, let's get to it. I know it really sucks, Nats fans. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's kind of the way the cookie crumbles right now in the year 2021. So it's coming out all over the place, but I'll, I'll read you guys what the national statement was today on this Friday regarding their series this weekend against the New York Mets. They tweeted out a statement. Uh, one of them, they you know, kind of they tweet out the other day. Official statement, remainder of the Nationals-Mets series is postponed. Major League Baseball announced today that the remainder of this weekend's series between the host Washington Nationals and the New York Mets at Nationals Park, which includes games scheduled for Saturday and Sunday, has been postponed due to continued follow-up and testing and contact tracing involving members of the Nationals organization. We'll continue to provide scheduling updates as available. Um, so, guys, this is uh, you know obviously not the news we wanted to hear last night. Mike Rizzo came out and said they've got three positive tests. They believe there is a fourth test, and then the contact tracing stuff is up in the air. And also, they continue to receive tests from earlier earlier in the week, and also, obviously, they're doing testing now uh, to see how bad this is. But the Nationals-Mets series is not going to get played this weekend. As of right now, the Nationals are scheduled to open up their uh, their season on Monday against the Braves at home. Now, will that happen or not? I've got no idea. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to speculate whether or not. I mean, I, I think you guys know by the sound of my voice how I, how I think what's going to happen here. Uh, but yeah, at this point in time, until they have this thing under control, it looks like the Nats are going to be on the shelf, which really sucks. Obviously, looking forward to opening day was tough, you know, and once again, I, I could have recorded something yesterday, but I thought it was best to wait because as information changes, uh, and I'm sure we'll get some more information later today. I'm sure a lot of you guys will be hearing this and, and know more when you're hearing it than we know at this moment. But as as it sits right now, 12.38 Eastern Standard Time on Friday, April 2nd, 2021, Nats and Mets is postponed for the weekend. Now, in the absence of this, yesterday, Ryan Finkelstein and I, he's of Locked On Mets, uh, obviously I'm Locked On Nats, uh, we collaborated. We did a locker room session, and they're one of the sponsors of today's show. So make you guys make sure you guys go uh, download the locker room app, and you guys make sure you follow me. Uh, I'm Josh Neighbors, RJ Neighbors ninety seven. Just search Josh Neighbors on there. You can find me, uh, and you know I'll be going live pretty often. But nothing to really talk about right now. But yeah, well, at least once a week I will be going live on locker room. Uh, we had a conversation Ryan and I did yesterday. Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres joined in. So it was a nice, fun conversation. Uh, and I'll play part of that for you guys here. It was a good time. We were able to lament some and also kind of look forward to baseball as well with some conversation about both teams. 
Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Football season is long gone, but right now we are in the heart of basketball season for the NBA and college hoops. NHL is in full swing, and here comes baseball as well. Also, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, I can start here. Uh, everyone excited for opening day, and uh, right. COVID comes in and reminds you that I guess uh, we're not in the clear just yet, and uh, this season isn't back to normal, right? We thought it might be a normal 162, no COVID stoppages, and uh, first day this happens. It's pretty rough. I know it is. It, it's so rough. Um, I was just telling you before we went on that I was on uh, WSA, one of the techno, you know, stations that we have that we're paired with, and I was saying, yeah, the Nationals last year, team that dealt with COVID pretty well, uh, didn't have many problems, and they didn't last year. And of course, today it happens. Actually, I, I want to ask you this, Ryan. Uh, actually, let me read the statement first because the Nationals, um, the Nationals released a statement, so we'll see exactly what they said. But I, I have some questions about the traveling. I felt like that was uh, probably the way it kind of went. But tonight's scheduled game again um, between the Nationals and the Nets at Nats Park has been postponed because of an ongoing contact tracing uh, involving members of the Nats- Nationals organization. Out of an abundance of caution, the game will be, uh, not be made up on Friday. We will continue to provide updates. So Nationals had a positive test yesterday. It was looking like four or five guys will be out. Uh, Luis Garcia, Sam Clay, Yadiel Hernandez all got called up. And then today, I'm assuming they got their second round of testing back. And they got some bad results. Um, I think the traveling, like they should have traveled back to, to their cities fast or like in advance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just give themselves a buffer. Because traveling, as we know, is a, is a risk um, with COVID. It's just kind of proximity. It's kind of the way it works. It is a risk. And these guys are around each other a lot. So... It's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, I don't want to blame anybody for anything comes out. I've seen Mets fans on Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I saw somebody said it should be a forfeit, which I thought was, a, you know, I, obviously they're they're joking because they're, I mean, really excited to want to see their team play, but it's just a really crappy situation all the way around. Yeah, no, I, I saw someone saying uh, if if the Nationals don't, the Nationals need to see some kind of type of punishment for this. Like, come on, what are we doing? We're not going to punish anyone for getting COVID. I mean, I know. It, 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 that's ridiculous, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's just the timing of it is really unfortunate. If it happens, you know, the second time these teams meet, no one really, ha- you know, really cares about it. And it's also it's magnified after the way the Mets fans were coming off Lindor last night. Right. You know, Lindor signs. There's all that excitement. Everyone just wants to see him go out for opening day. Degrom versus Scherzer. I mean, there was so much hype about this game. That I think it's made worse. If it was like another opening day, if that didn't happen, you know, I, I think uh, the conversation is different. Actually, if Lindor doesn't sign, everyone's probably talking about the deadline getting pushed back, and then that's having a couple more days to negotiate. But here we are. I'm, I feel bad for Mets fans, man. Like just for that news, it's it just it's a gut punch because you see it. You know, you want to see him out there. Uh, but hey, look, you're gonna have another ten years to see him, right? That's the kind <laughs> yeah. of that's kind of the nice part. Uh, I was talking about this too. 
you know, Ron, this might be the last time that we see DeGrom versus Scherzer on opening day. And we'll see him. I'm, I'm sure we'll see him a couple more times. But, you know, moments like this make you realize we should we should appreciate that stuff. Because when you're seeing guys like this go every fifth day, you begin to just kind of, you know, it, it's, it's hard not to kind of take it for granted. And these two guys, uh, one thing I will never take for granted from them is giving us sub three hour games. Uh, I appreciate the way these two, these two heroes, Titans of the industry work. Um, I can always depend on opening day. If they start at one o'clock, be done by three thirty four, Right. Cause you know, I mean, I think it was, was two years ago. It was like one, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, Scherzer pitched great, but I think he made, I forgot who he gave. It was a home run. Was it last year? Was, the, did was that last match? year or two years ago? They play every oh, – well, so it was not last year because obviously it was Yankees and uh, Nats last year to open. So okay. last full season, maybe 2018, maybe oh, no, it was. Okay. 20, no, 2019, 2019, maybe? No, maybe that, that 2019. was it because I remember um, Pete Alonso debuted against Scherzer. So that was 2019. Last year, the Mets won one nothing opening day. I don't remember who it was against because I know Cespedes hit like a, a, a home run in the top of the ninth, I think, and then basically didn't play for the Mets again. Or played horribly for a week and then uh, opted out. But yeah, the one thing I do want to say, kind of building off what you said about Scherzer, is that the best contract anyone's ever signed a starting pitcher to? I mean, this is what year seven, five All Star appearances. I think I saw he led the league in strikeouts three times, like strikes out two hundred forty three at least every single year. Like that has to go down as probably the greatest contract ever given to a starting pitcher, unless Degrom, of course. Outperforms it over the next couple of years, but I mean that's ridiculous. Yes, yeah. I, I I was saying that he could get injured this year, and I mean not even pitched last year, and everything he did, and also if you take away the World Series too, yeah, it was still worth it because of what he gave his team and a natural leader as well, a guy that uh, I mean so competitive, so, like, and you watch it too. F. E. Santangelo, the Nats color commentator, always notes. You know, just watch him stalk around the mound. I mean, he is it, he is locked in whenever he is competing out there, and that's one of those things where you know, like you love guys like that because even when they don't have their best stuff, they go out and they compete for you. And it's not it's not like you know, it's not even like he's working through it. It's just like he's willing himself to compete. You know, he's, he's yeah. it's it's not even you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get through it. It's just no, I'm going to keep coming, keep coming, because that's how I do things. But yeah, seven years. 210, um, and it would be really upsetting if he didn't come back. I mean, if he wants to pitch past this year, it should be in D.C. Uh, they should not, especially with how the way the rotation looks right now, they should not let him go anywhere else. They should sign him to a deal and keep him in Washington, I think. Yeah, they should. They should. And I think you, know, you, you kind of mentioned DeGrom versus Scherzer, and I had uh, on my episode today, I had a Mets historian on, and we were talking about Seaver. And – you know, he mentioned that for a long time the Mets would open up against the Phillies, I guess. And so it was Seaver versus uh, Carlton for all these years. And I don't think we've really, you know, grown to appreciate it as we're watching it. But DeGrom Scherzer is kind of that matchup. And it's not just opening day. We see it throughout the season. It always seems like those guys go head-to-head. And quite honestly, I feel like Scherzer has always gotten the better of that matchup. Like there's been a lot of Nationals one nothing wins. We sure are going against the Mets. Well, it was opening day. It's the Mets, right? Because I mean, they got such yeah. a good oh, opening yeah. day. Yeah. They, they opening day is the, the you know every Mets fan's favorite you know day of the year because they're so good on opening day. But yeah, I mean, it's it's comical how the 
the Mets bats just seem to go cold whenever DeGrom is, uh, is pitching, right? I mean, he is, he is, he is the case for why wins are just irrelevant. A yeah. guy who just deserves so many more wins than he's had in his career. Um, but I was excited to see him today with, with the lineup backing him. I mean, you know, even if it's the first time, uh, do they have any idea? Did you have any idea what the lineup was going to be today? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they have posted it just yet. I mean, if I had to guess, I would pro. I think the only question mark would have been, do the Mets go with Luis Guillorme at third or J.D. Davis? Because uh, right. Luis Rojas, when he was talking to us, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, he did mention that Guillorme had good career numbers against Scherzer. I think it was only three for six with a bunch of singles. But I could have seen the Mets starting Guillorme because he's a lefty. Um, other than that, though, it would have been, you know, Brandon Nimmo leading off, Lindor second, a combination of either Conforto or Alonzo third and fourth, um, Dom fifth, McNeil sixth, James McCann, and then Giorme or Davis in the pitcher spot. So it would have been a nice lineup to uh, start the season. I guess we'll see it maybe Monday against Philly. Right. I don't know if we're going to be able to play. I mean, they're saying that out of an abundance of caution, they're not going to play this weekend um, or, or this Friday. Or, you know, they're not going to make up the game tomorrow, right? And tomorrow is supposed to be a an actual off day anyway, which is, you know, we hate that. It's just ridiculously dumb. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm skeptical if they play on Saturday. I mean, if they do, it's going to be a probably, you know, it might be a AAA crew out there, Rochester. That they might have to send their boys down here, you know. Um, especially with the OEC, Yadiel Hernandez and Luis, Luis Garcia and Sam Clay. Um, you know, you, you're wondering who the hell is going to be out there. But it's just a reminder, too, that while we've, you know, while we've come so far from last year, I, this COVID is still very real. I, I thought Joe Biden was correct in actually kind of chastising um, the Rangers. And you're seeing right now the NCAA tournament, they're allowing some fans, but you're noticing how far they keep the fans away from the court. Like there are no fans near the court in Hinkle Fieldhouse. They're all in the rafters, and they they are you know I, there's none of that with with you know Major League Baseball. And I, I understand why I get that, but you know there's no reason we should be having packed ballparks right now uh, yeah. at this point in time. This is a pretty good example of how you know I mean if you if, if you want to do the thing where it's like hey you've been vaccinated you know if you have proof of vaccination you know we're, you know we'll open up more you know, general admission tickets whatever it is something like that you know. I mean, I, I, I'll be before that if, if they said, hey, bring a vaccination card, you know, and, and we have sections open in the outfield and you can buy a ticket at the stadium, stuff like that. Um, I'd be cool with that. But, you know, this is still very real. We're still dealing with it in real, you know, this time. And I think we get through 162 this year. I'm not too worried about, you know, having to do a ton of seven inning doubleheaders, right? But, um, yeah, a lot of challenges still ahead. Yeah, this is a reminder for sure. It's definitely like a reality check that, we're not in the clear just yet. I think the only way this series gets played at this point is if you go opening day Saturday, doubleheader Sunday. But I think they're going to just, just push back the whole series because, you know, I don't think, especially when it's, it's division rivals, it's really easy throughout the season to tack on a game to each series and, you know, kind of make it up throughout right. the year. So I think that is what they ultimately do here. But, you know, when you're talking about the fans in the stadium, you know, that right now the 20% capacity is, is kind of the starting point. I don't know when we actually get to a point where it's more than that because I still feel like they're going to want to, you know, at least sit people down where whoever you go to the game with, you have your little pod. We've seen that, you know, with the NBA games as well. 
where, you know, you're trying to keep people away from each other. I think that they keep doing that. And when you have the team still getting COVID here and there, I, it only kind of furthers that, especially because the last thing any of these teams want is like a COVID outbreak in the city based on right. games played. I mean, they don't want to see that. Yeah, we uh, somebody in the chat, Mendy, says that the, the Nats should forfeit. Um, I would posit <laughs> to you that if you're if Pete Alonso causes an outbreak later in the season and you guys are two games back of the Braves, what you wouldn't want is them to say, hey, you got to forfeit the games, right? Uh, that's not what they want. This is, you know, this is not a situation where there's any been any wrongdoing actually, um, you know, there's no wrongdoing, right, that's been noted. Uh, there's a situation where VCU, the, the basketball team, they were in a hotel for the A-10 tournament that other people were not following the rules. And all the players were, but found it really challenging because of everything that was happening around them. And it cost them their NCAA tournament. So I think, I think coming at the Nats, and, you know, before we even know what's happening. Sure. And look, if they did something wrong, I'll be the first to, to go after them. But a team full of guys who are all, you know, pretty still a pretty old team. This doesn't seem like a group of guys that are out there, you know, uh, they're out there doing kind of nefarious things when they shouldn't be. Uh, It doesn't seem like that group. How do you go from, you know, I mean, what, their last spring training game was probably Tuesday. Right. And I'm sure the protocols with the team, this is opening day. It's not like teams are like, you know, being lenient right now and these types of things. So I'm sure that there was some directive. This is how we travel. We're going to be, you know, in a, in a, you know, staying at your home for whatever the next couple of days. And, you know, who knows exactly what form of transportation they had. But if these guys were driving back themselves with their cars, I mean, it could have been stopping at a gas station on the highway mm-hmm. that you just happened to get COVID. You, you run into the wrong person. I, I have done some traveling over the past year, and there's a lot of states where you can go into a gas station and no one's wearing a mask. So, I mean, like, oh, yes. how, can, how can you control that, really, and, and expect these players to? You know, they, they can wear their masks. They can be doing everything that they're supposed to, but they had to go to the bathroom, and they just happened to get COVID, and this happens. I mean. Yeah, it's – yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I live in Virginia. You know, that, that still happens. There's still people who, who aren't, you know, wearing masks, and that's not all on uh, – you know, it's not just on, uh, you know, the – like, it, it could be anybody's fault is what I'm saying. So – uh, any changes, Ryan? You know, with, I know pitching, like we talked about how much they're just, they are creatures uh, of habit, you know what I mean? And do you think there's any kind of change to rotation at all for the for the Mets, uh, at least just with kind of this news? Or is it just going to be whenever opening day is, DeGrom's going? Um, I think that, you know, the start of the rotation is, is going to be the same. I think the one thing, and you can even, if it's doubleheaders, you can line guys up. So it's really the second turn through that there's going to be some questions. And DeGrom was going to start twice in the first five games because of that, you know, random off day that they have after opening day on Friday. So that kind of goes out the window. So that's maybe another reason why some of these Mets fans are uh, calling for punishment for the Nationals because DeGrom couldn't start twice in five games. But (laughs) I I guarantee that, you know, if they play a doubleheader, things will get moved around. I I honestly think this series doesn't get played. So – you, mm. If you pick up the season in your second series, I don't think anything really changes. You just kind of roll it out the way it would have been anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think the Nats are looking to skip maybe whoever the fifth guy is because I don't know if a decision has been made at this point in time uh, on that. Uh, if anybody else would like to join the conversation, see Javi like is there. Javi is, yeah. is there. Sam is there. I'll let you guys both uh, join in the action. Hello, 
Hello, Sam, Javi, I can invite you to speak as well. Um, so uh, you guys can direct us to whatever other, what other things we should be watching today because uh, I'm not sure what anything else happening on television today, guys. I, I was I only care I only care about the Mets and the, and the Nets. Uh, I mean, I hate to admit it, but I was really looking forward to the Mets Nets game as by the behind the um, the Padres game. That was the one that I was going to watch the most. I thought that opening game with Lindor just signing his extension, Ryan. I hope you're doing well during these <laughs> incredible times. Trust me, I've known how it feels, kind of. I can relate. These uh, $340 million shortstops, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, your boy was petty, by the way. Increasing <laughs> it just to be ahead of Tatis. That's all that. Get that extra million, you know? You, you got to <laughs> set that set that standard. It's so funny how, like, if you really think about it, what's a million dollars over 10 years? Like, you're really breaking it down. Steve Cohen's but, like, seriously, fine. Whatever, man. Yeah, like, you, you, yeah. want, you want that money. Hey, and guys, also, Trey Turner, not going to get as much as those guys. He's 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 coming to join that group of of well of handsomely paid shortstops. He's coming, Dude, he's coming to that group. The shortstop crap right now is awesome. I love it. It is, yeah. Actually, this conversation that Sam and I were having last night, I'd like to get, get your all's thoughts on this. So, Trevor Story or, or uh, Lindor, who would you rather have? Lindor. Yeah, Lindor. So, for me... I always am cautious of those course field guys. So that that's right. the first part of that. Yeah. And I mean, Lindor just got so much swag. Like I, I, <laughs> I have just love following him in pre you know, in uh, spring training. I don't think there's a fashion show. Every time Trey story walks from the parking lot to the facility, wherever they play their spring training games. So I don't know. I, th- I think Lindor is just a cooler player to cover. So that, that's I mean, where I go with that. I mean, I'm not going to knock someone's playing at course. I mean, you can't, I mean, he, I mean, Trevor Story was has always been there. So I mean, just like Arenado, Arenado was like the best third baseman in baseball playing at Coors, and I still think Arenado is. So well, here's the thing: if Arenado does it again in St. Louis, then you know I might change my mind. Which is not I, a fun ballpark to hit in, mind you. Exactly. Uh, yes. Exactly. So it's you know we've seen it with you know Tulo was more injuries, but we've seen some other guys leave Coors, and it's not the same. I guess a good example: DJ Lemay, he left Coors, but, but, and it's but the same. there are there are yeah there, there are exceptions. Today's show is also sponsored by the best protein bar out there right now, Built Bar. Guys, go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to receive 15% off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. And go check out their Twitter account right now, at Bar underscore Built. If you guys go there, you guys can vote on your favorite Built Bar. They're doing Built Bar madness right now. They have a bracket set up, and you can go to Built Bar. Uh, on Twitter. It's at bar underscore built and go vote for your favorite. Check back each day to uh, to see who is winning. And then you guys, you know, try to push your favorite built bar to the top. Now it's going to be difficult, uh, but with your help, you can push your favorite built bar to the top. Once again, go to builtbar.com today. Use that promo code locked15. You'll receive 15% off on your next purchase. Matt Holliday, Matt Holliday is probably the best comp because he went to St. Louis and did it in St. Louis. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, there is still the top the top flight talent. Arenado probably has one of the more stark home road splits that I've seen. So I'm interested about that one. I still think he'll be good. I just don't know if yeah. he'll be in the defense too. They always, oh, the, they always the defenses, the defense there. The defenses. It's unbelievable. Great. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, Yankees, so Yankees, Blue Jays, I'm interested in today, obviously. Um, I think once again for Yankees fans, it's a good sign of Garrett Cole struggles. Uh, that's what he does. He sucks in you know sucks in April, so he can be great in July, right? Yeah. Uh, he actually reminds me of Strasburg a lot, where 
just kind of on a bigger scale, Strasburg is one of those guys where he just he's bad at the beginning innings, but once he gets going downhill, it's like a freight train. He just it's just you can't stop it. And uh, that's kind of I feel like Garrett Cole's one of those guys. Just kind of he needs a few starts, you know. Like Jacob Degrom's one of those guys just from the jump. And I mean, you could argue, you know, there are times where Garrett, like when Garrett Cole is at his best, kind of give a, a NFL comp. It reminds me of like Andrew Luck, right? Like when Andrew Luck had that. <laughs> okay. Andrew Luck was at his best. It was like. I'm not sure anybody's better than when Andrew Luck's out there playing well. Garrett Cole, when he is at his at his peak, I feel like is the best, but he's not there the entire season, right? So I, I feel like that's why Degrom gets the edge. Uh, you know, is still considered the best pitcher because he's got, you know, he's got just so consistent. I'm actually curious. It's, and Degrom scares me because I feel like he gets better. By the way, every year that's that's yes. the thing. Where <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. We're like, is he going to be throwing 102 next year? Like, is that his thing now? Because yeah. I saw he was. I don't know. Degrom's freaking. Uh, Quick question, Ryan, and this yeah. is like a, a not a, a a current question, but because I keep forgetting this, what was Degrom's um like view as a prospect before he debuted? We played shortstop in college. Remembering, yeah. And, yeah, am I crazy in remembering that he wasn't really viewed like as some top prospect? Because I remember just like my only memory of him was just like I picked him up after one start because I was dying at fantasy baseball, and then I was just like, oh, this guy's hair is cool, and then I just stuck with it, and. and <laughs> And then it continued in the next year, the next year, the next year. Obviously, that's what happened. Yeah. Am I crazy, or was it kind of like almost no, one he, of those out of nowhere type of prospects? He he came out of nowhere, so he was mm-hmm. he, he gets he he does not even start pitching until I think his junior or senior year of college. Yep. Um, and then gets drafted by the Mets, and pretty much like in his first year has Tommy John. So he was mm-hmm. off the radar entirely, and then just flew through the Mets farm system, and he actually got promoted at the same time as Rafael Montero. And Montero was, like, the top pitching prospect. So everyone's freaking out over this Montero guy. And here's DeGrom. They're talking about starting him out of the bullpen. And I think Dylan G got hurt or something. So DeGrom goes against the Yankees. He's awesome. Also, that year, the Mets had uh, no pitchers were getting hits. They were, like, 0 for 31 or 41. DeGrom gets a hit in his start. And not only was DeGrom a great pitcher, I'm telling you, we actually talked about this the other day on my show. There was a movement by Mets fans to start DeGrom at shortstop. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm serious. because Love to see of, pitchers hit. Love to see love hit, it. right? Well, yeah. So he started his career like three for ten or something. Right. And the Mets were getting nothing out of short. And we just loved this new guy. So I was one of these really stupid Mets fans that said, let's just start this guy at short. Do you remember when Steven Matt's, Matt's first game, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He, had, he, he raked two in that game, right? It was against the Reds, I think. He had uh, – I think he had – Six RBIs. Yeah, it was like unbelievable. And obviously, yeah. that was the peak for Steven Matz. Uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. You know, Javi, it's really interesting. You mentioned Degrom, so he's always talked about how recently, especially, he's starting to throw easier, and his velocity is increasing, which is horrifying. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and it reminds me actually the Nats have a prospect Jackson Rutledge, where that's exactly what I see. It's it's you love that. It's just the effortless kind of momentum is almost carrying the baseball towards the plate, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's so good because it's so easy on the arm. You know what I mean? It's, he's, it's just... he's one of those guys where, like, you, you want them to do, like, a sports science on his body. Like, there's something about the way that Jacob DeGrom, mm. his height, his frame, and the way he has this perfect repeatable motion that creates this ridiculous whipping action. And, yeah, last year he starts throwing 100 pretty much you know, on a consistent basis. And they, yeah, they, they say, you know, what changed? Oh, yeah, you know, I stopped trying to throw hard. I, I, I just let my mechanics do the work. And now, like you guys are saying, I mean, 102 in spring training. And I was I was looking at some pictures today. I was doing it, making a graphic and just kind of watching, you know, looking at the pictures of him pitching. 
you can just tell how effortless it is. And the, just kind of the where his body is positioned, you know, when you watch Scherzer pitch, it's, it's almost kind of violent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, you know, the way he throws. And where, you hear him grunting, Scherzer, like audibly grunting when he pitches. Um, and with Jacob, you know, you kind of, when you look at the body, you can just see it's kind of the fluidity of it, right? You know, the arm is just perfect, kind of flexed out there. And it's not like he's throwing sidearm, but like he kind of, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's just, it's only it looks, it looks like Philip Rivers, you know, kind of yeah. they're out there. Boy. Out there the ball. Yeah, Phil, there you go, Javi. Yes, Your man, Philip Rivers. Uh, congrats on his retirement. I, I think you know Strowman's been talking about this a lot. It's because these guys are athletes first. Not you mm-hmm. know, like Trevor Bauer is the complete opposite. You know, he's not a good athlete. He just is in like a lab teaching his body how to pitch. Whereas Degrom is just this elite athlete. Was a shortstop his whole life because he was probably the best player on every team. And that's where you put him and didn't realize that he could pitch until, you know, like we said in college. But I think it's because he's an athlete first. And so you can just kind of, you know, rely on that athleticism. And I think, you know, hopefully he ages gracefully. I think like you're, you're talking about Scherzer, it's not surprising he's starting to have back problems with the right. way he throws. I mean. That guy also, too, I think like he's pitched through a lot of injuries. That's somebody, and, and he and probably ones that, I mean, I'm certain he's pitched through injuries that he has not talked about. And there's a reason why Joe Ross made the start in the World Series game, because Max Scherzer yeah. could barely get out of bed. And I guarantee you the game that he did throw after that, he was not feeling good. Um, yeah. And look, like you said, Ryan, I mean, yeah, you can hear it every single time he pitches. It's like that guy is just, it's, it's actually unbelievable he's been able to pitch as long as he has. Um, yeah. You know, at the level that he's pitched. And we started to see some decline last year. That's something that I'm worried about, especially – also, part of it's Davey Martinez, too, just late, leaving him in in late innings. Like, he can be – you know, normally you, you don't worry about him third or fourth time around, you know, third time around. But, he, you know, you can't just leave him out there. Like, on pitch 100, if he's given up three or four runs, do not do not leave him out there. There's no reason to. Uh, I know the bullpen wasn't great last year, but it's better this year. There's no reason to leave him out there. Uh, and I'm – that's a big question I have. Honestly, more as, as I've looked at the Nats, I've been, like, less and less high on them, which yeah. I, I'm sure my <laughs> podcast, podcast listeners have not been – pleased with but they enter the season with more questions than they they had they had at the at the end of spring training i mean with you know uh, carter, carter Keeboom, disaster what a disaster mm. like and and then arm Layton and i you know we talked about it. guy who probably should be traded like definitely needs a change of scenery you know what i mean guy kind of almost like a zach wheeler on the field right zach, I mean, zach wheeler. yeah guys just need change of scenery let's see Somebody else wanted to oh, – speaking requests. Speak well to my, my prediction of the Nats winning that division, but okay. You, oh, you pre- what are you doing there? Dude, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just picking on paper all the best teams. All of you cowards out here are like, oh, I got the Braves winning the division. Oh, I got the Dodgers. Oh, I got well, the because the Braves are the best team well, in the division. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. But Javi, but Javi, here's the rule, man. <laughs> like, like this, this is why – you know, this is why people want, like pick against you know other teams because they want to see the guys lose. Like the Braves, until proven otherwise, are the best team. You know I picked I mean? the Cubs in the Central, so that, that was like is, my that is, that, that's, that's is bold. Wrong. That's bold, that's Ryan. Bold. And, I, and I'm bold. And this is coming from a Cubs. Fan. Hey, Cubs too. I like that one. I, it's, it's, they're not winning that division. They Here's are they going to blow it up or not? Here's How do we know? That? I don't okay. know. It's like they're half rebuilding and they're half winning. Just wait, wait, wait till wait till the day games are happening in Wrigley during the summer again. You know, all those Chicago fans will be back, and it will make absolutely zero sense. But the Cubs will win like their home record is always ridiculous. And I said that that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. 
But and, and the Cardinals but need to take the snap. I man. mean, we we start the season against the Pirates, so that that should be a good start. It's always a good. It's always a good way to start your season against the Pirates. It's like, like Javi, like I I don't believe it's going to happen, but I had to pick something. I didn't want to just go chalk all the way through, so I was like, yeah. all right, you beat the Cubs, the Nationals, and yeah. Jack Flaherty, Cy Young. Okay, hate hey, I'd be all you want. So I different. So that's why I was like, look, I, I was okay. The Dodgers are established. I'm not going to pick the Padres because the new kids in the block. Uh, the Cardinals are the best team, and. I mean, that division was so average last year. I feel like anything above average is the way to go. And then, look, the Mets very well. I mean, yeah, they could obviously steal, steal a show, but the Braves are the same team they had last year. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I think the Mets have really had a tough time with the Braves the last few years, haven't they? Haven't yeah. the Braves owned the Mets? And so we talked about, yeah, I mean, maybe the head-to-head games don't decide the division. Maybe it's those you know trips to Cincinnati and Colorado, taking advantage of those. But, I mean, I think when those two teams meet, the Braves get the better of them, and the same team is back, just a bit better. Like I, I, yeah, I love the, the Braves in it back. The Braves have the same team, but they're getting Soroka back, and they signed Charlie Morton, who's just a great veteran. Yeah, it's that that team. I, I think that's huge. Like, yeah, Ryan. I mean, do you, do you think having that, like having an older guy around, all those young guys, is going to do them a lot of good? I think it does. Yeah, do I do have to give you a quick story that before I think either of you guys joined Locked On in my first year. Uh, you know, the Mets are going on that run in 2019, mm. and me and Dylan are talking, and Dylan's like, all right, it's time for the Braves to just crush all, all the Mets fans' souls and end this season. And I, I was like, no, nah, no way, this Mets team's different. The Braves swept the Mets, then the Mets got swept by the Cubs, and their season was over. So, Well, was that fall- was that in the heels of the Nats-Mets series where the Mets almost yeah. swept? So that was huge because that and, and Anibal Sanchez – it might have stopped the, the the Met season. He pitched really well that day, and I, and I remember it was day game, and it, it was very reminiscent of 2015, right? Yeah. Where that midseason sweep, the the um, the Mets didn't lead for like they led for like what an inning total in that in the first two mm-hmm. games and one kept coming back and winning. Yeah. And then yeah, and I and the Nats kind of stopped that run and they went downhill. But um, yeah, Charlie Morton. That's yeah. I, I love acquisitions like that, especially on teams with a lot of good. And also, you know, I love I love Drew Smiley. I thought that was a good acquisition just to have another veteran back end guy there. Yeah, I think that rotation is is really deep, and I think Soroka is not going to. I thought Soroka would be out until like All Star break. I think Soroka is going to be back. I think I saw mid April. So it's nice to have I mean, a twenty three year old, right? I mean, that's that's that those are those young bones rehilling. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. You know, and Ian Anderson, I didn't even realize. Did you see his numbers last year? Bro, that insane. changeup is disgusting. In the postseason, he was insane. He's the yeah. changeup's nasty. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Kyle Young, Kyle I get Hendricks. It. I get it. I get it. The Braves are probably going to win the division. But you know what? I want it to be spicy. That's fine. It's spicy. It I just pick, take the Phillies. Do the Phillies instead. Because I, I, this, this, no. this Nats team is just so close to collapsing. I, I still – I like the Nationals' top end more than I like the Phillies' top end, and I think both of those teams are weak outside of the top end. But I like I like Juan Soto and Trey Turner a lot more than Bryce Harper and, and I guess, JT. But and, who do you think uh, of the third is? I mean, Alec Bohm is their third, and, I mean, who would be the Nats' third, right? Yeah, Sean Castro. I, what do you mean? The so, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the – The future Hall of Famer, Sean Castro. So, uh, yeah. Ryan and Javi, have you guys seen this where people are like, Sean Castro is going to have Hall of Fame numbers? <laughs> Because his hit numbers are so ridiculous. He's going to get 3,000 hits. He's on pace with 3,000 hits. I do love his swing, though. I just think it's he looks like he throws his entire life force. And then it's a dribbler into right field every time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's, the, that's the problem with him is like, you know, it, it just 
it didn't help at all. And, and the problem is now the Nats are have, have and I love Josh Harrison, but I don't want Josh Harrison starting every single day at second base. Uh, it's not the, not the dream scenario. And then also, cause here's the, there's too many like factors. There's, uh, you know, Castro and Harrison and then Victor Robles. How is he going to do right? Uh, also, they might be the worst defensive team ever. Like I, I've been saying this all off season. They literally built the wizards of baseball. I mean, the wizards can't stop anybody. And I don't think this team's gonna be able to stop any baseball from going by them. I mean, they're just weird. Cause then you have the football team who's great at defense. Yes. At least one team in DC. <laughs> well, and then the capitals are a horrible defensive yeah. team as well. So you have, yeah, I mean, DC is a city of, uh, all, all offense, no defense, but that's what I'm saying, Ryan, with this division is that I like the fact that if somebody goes down or if one of the questions isn't answered, there's something else to happen. Right. So there's, you know, the Mets have a great outfield, you know, if, yeah. and somebody might have to get phased out of it. Right. I mean, they've got, you know, so many guys between, you know, out there with Conforto and Nimmo and then Dominic Smith's out there. I'm get forget blanking. Who's the other one? Um, Jeff, I guess Jeff is he going to play second now full time this year. Yeah. So Jeff's going to play Elmore. second now. Yeah. Albert Elmore. Yeah. Albert Amor and Pilar. That you guys and Pilar, yeah, Pilar, like you guys can absorb an injury, right? And the Nationals have to have Victor Robles play well, or or else, you know, there there is there goes the other speed guy they have. I mean, they they want him to lead off for this lineup so they can get Trey and Juan and run dry, you know, run scoring positions, right? To positions to drive and runs. Um, they need a, either Schwarber or Bell to have a great season. All right, so that was about half of the locker room conversation I had with uh, Ryan, Javi, and then uh, also uh, friend Sam jumped in as well to to have a conversation about about some stuff on opening day. And so you know we made the best of what we had. Um, make sure you guys go download the locker room app to, to be involved in those conversations, to listen, to join, to partake. Uh, so you guys can go and do that on the locker room app. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter. Follow the show at lo underscore nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until next time, my friends, please stay safe.